This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 13th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. On Wednesday, the Cato Institute will host its 25th annual Monetary Conference. Cato Institute Vice President for Academic Affairs, Jim Dorn, gives us a preview. Well, this year is our 25th annual Monetary Conference. Uh, I've been doing it since I've been about 10 years old. And uh, we're going to look at monetary arrangements in the 21st century. Uh, The very first conference dealt with the uh, search for stable money. So this theme continues. Uh, What we're interested in looking at is uh, the monetary institutions and how they can best uh, protect the value of the dollar as well as uh, protect individual freedom. Detail some of the topics that the speakers will be talking about. Well, our keynote uh, address this year is uh, going to be given by uh, Ben Bernanke, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board. And uh, they haven't given us a specific topic, but I think he'll probably be saying something about transparency, the need for transparency uh, at the Fed. Uh, The Fed's been moving towards a more transparent monetary regime, uh, announcing uh, what's going on at the Federal Open Market Committee meetings. Uh, Bernanke himself has uh, advocated kind of a soft inflation target for the Fed, uh, but not an explicit, uh, explicit inflation target regime. Uh, so I don't know whether he'll address that or not, but uh, certainly with the subprime mortgage uh, crisis, the falling dollar, uh, monetary policy is more important than ever, and uh, especially transparency. And uh, in addition to Bernanke, we've got uh, the assistant governor of the People's Bank of China, uh, Yi Gong, uh, and we're very fortunate to have him with us. Uh, it's uh, the people from the People's Bank of China uh, normally don't uh, come to the United States very often to give talks. Uh, He's going to be discussing the exchange rate regime in China, and uh, as you know, the uh, renminbi, the Chinese currency, is uh, considered to be uh, highly undervalued, uh, which is leading to a huge trade imbalance, uh, both with the United States and China's overall trade surplus is at a record level. So the uh, central bank has been buying up a lot of dollars, and this could lead to inflation in China as the domestic currency expands. So the pegged exchange rate system is creating problems for China, and he is going to address the evolution uh, of a more flexible exchange rate regime, I believe, uh, and also address probably the issue of uh, capital controls. China has a capital controls. They don't allow full convertibility of the currency. If China is going to become a world-class financial institution, it needs to allow capital freedom at some point, full convertibility of the currency. And then the central bank will be uh, more independent and freer to address domestic monetary issues without having to worry about the exchange rate. Uh, So the Chinese central bank faces a major challenge today uh, in both trying to uh, peg the exchange rate and uh, prevent inflation. Uh, So I believe that Mr. Uh, Yi Gong will address in particular the evolution of the exchange rate regime and how institutional changes are occurring and need to occur in the future. In addition, we also have Antonio Martino, a very well-known economist uh, who's a good friend of Cato's, uh, and uh, Antonio will be discussing the uh, euro zone and uh, some of the problems in instituting the euro, but also some of the benefits of of the current uh, monetary arrangements there. Monetary institutions in the 21st century seems somewhat appropriate topic, given the fact that the chairman of the banking committee in the U.S. House, uh, Barney Frank, would like to see international controls on the flows of capital. It's certainly uh, incorrect to think that uh, 
controlling uh, global capital flows is, is an advancement uh, for monetary arrangements in the 21st century. Uh, in particular, it would do just the opposite. It would create great harm. What we're trying to do is get rid of capital controls. Uh, in fact, uh, Ben Bernanke uh, three years ago spoke at our conference when he was a member of the Board of Governors and argued for mobile capital uh, in this global economy. So you won't find too many economists arguing uh, in favor of capital controls these days. Uh, capital controls create uh, misallocations of capital, and they violate the very principle of freedom that's at the heart of a uh, liberal system, namely people's right to uh, invest their money where they want to uh, without government control. So uh, what we'd like to see is more uh, capital freedom, not less. Uh, and we will be discussing uh, what we, the lessons that we have learned from capital controls in the past. And uh, Miranda Schaffer from the International Monetary Fund will be giving a paper on this, this very issue. Last year's monetary conference dovetailed kind of strangely because Milton Friedman died that same day. His writing partner, Anna Schwartz, will be talking at this year's conference. What will she be talking about? Well, she wrote a very nice paper, uh, Remembering Milton Friedman. In fact, uh, in that paper, uh, she also addresses uh, Paul Krugman's critique of Friedman, uh, showing that it uh, was really evacuous. Uh, and uh, she reemphasizes some of the important uh, contributions Milton made to monetary theory. And, of course, uh, some of the contributions uh, appear to be almost common sense now. I don't know why anybody questioned them. For example, that uh, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomena. Uh, what Milton was always interested in is, is not just stable prices, but uh, monetary freedom that, and, and, and a sound value of the currency. And uh, what he was concerned about is if the central bank, uh, under discretionary fiat money regime, would uh, print an excessive amount of money and lead to uh, inflation, which would then lead to price controls and undermine economic freedom, just as happened in the United States in, in the 1970s with wage price controls. And, of course, he and Anna worked uh, on their great, uh, the monetary history of the United States, uh, which was written back in the 1960s, and that showed that uh, the Federal Reserve failed miserably during the uh, 1930s in controlling uh, money and uh, providing for normal growth of money to prevent uh, a severe monetary uh, deflation. Uh, between 1930 and 33, the money supply shrank by over a third, and combined with other policies which uh, interfered with economic freedom, uh, led to a, a Great Depression. And... Uh, Milton wanted to avoid that. He wanted a, a simple monetary rule. Uh, his preferences changed over time, uh, but he was concerned with limiting the uh, authority of the Fed uh, to a simple target of uh, achieving long-run price stability. Uh, Frederick Hayek went further and, and argued against uh, a monopoly on currency at all and argued for monetary freedom in the sense of allowing competing currencies. So we've looked at these issues um, throughout the 25-year history of this conference to get back to the uh, really nuts and bolts uh, of a free society and to think in terms of, do we even need a central bank? Uh, it might seem like a rather radical question to ask today, but uh, we've had conferences on um, digital money and the future of money. Um, so we do have more monetary competition today than we had before if you think of competing national currencies and, and, and global mobility of capital. Uh, and many uh, countries have moved towards inflation targeting, which is a type of monetary rule. Uh, so 
these ideas are uh, uh, essential to a liberal society, and uh, we hope to continue debating them. That's Cato Institute Vice President for Academic Affairs, Jim Dorn. You can learn more about the conference at the website, cato.org slash monetary.